the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you have some fear in your life about whatever that thing may be, God does not want you to have that fear. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. Today we're picking up in Luke chapter 7 in a message titled, Filling the Void, where we see a woman looking for forgiveness as she cleans Jesus' feet with her hair and tears. Or how many people are not willing to humble themselves before God and not say, well, I'm sorry, but it's not my fault. It's the way I was raised. It's not my fault. It's the environment I live in. It's not my fault. I live in L.A. This is like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like everyone's doing everything. Now, would you be willing to come to God and say, I have sinned. I have made choices in my life that matter where I'm living. I have made choices that I know are wrong and I need to be forgiven. That's where this woman was. I wonder if there are any here that need to come clean with God today. For the longer we wait, we could actually callous over our own conscience and our own heart. How do you know if you've already done that? If you've already started the callousing process over your conscience and your heart? It's when you know that you're doing something wrong, but you no longer feel any guilt or shame. So, so when you know intellectually this is wrong, but you're doing it and you don't feel guilt and shame anymore. See, you have started the process of callousing your conscience and your heart. And it's possible to do that. It's possible to take the conscience that God's given you and that says, uh, you shouldn't do that. Uh, that's wrong. Uh, you know, no, it's like, I don't feel guilt and shame anymore because you've calloused yourself. See, you need to be careful because you're going down a path that you might not be able to return from. That's why when you find yourself not feeling bad about doing what you do, and it's like you need to get on your face more than anybody, more than this prostitute, because you have taken yourself to a place to where you might not be able to turn back. It's very important knowing when you're doing something wrong that you feel bad about it. You're like, well, I don't want to feel bad about anything. Well, then don't do the thing. Don't do the sin. Look, God knows what you have done, and he's willing to forgive you today. Know that. It was C.H. Spurgeon that said this quote. He was a prince of preachers. He says, you can have all of your sin forgiven in the half a tick of a clock and pass from death to life more swiftly than I can utter the words. See, your return, your being restored, your being renewed by God can happen in just a moment, a twinkling of an eye, a picosecond. But it requires us to acknowledge that we have sinned. Even if you've gone past the point of feeling guilt and shame because you've calloused your heart, you've calloused your conscience, you can still come back and say, oh God, I know I've done this and I need your forgiveness. 
I need to be cleansed. In God's forgiveness, when it happens, it brings freedom. Freedom from our disappointments. Freedom from our failures. Freedom from being controlled by our past vices. Freedom from the emotional ties to, to say that, you know, we have offended others and, and, and others have offended us. You know, I wonder how many of us carry the, the conflict of bitterness and hate inside of ourselves because of some pain that's happened from some other person in our life, maybe a decade ago, two decades ago. And just the thought of that person's name, just the thought of their presence just brings that your, your whole insides tighten up inside because you're walking in that pain of that thing. God wants to deliver us of that pain. He wants to deliver you of the bitterness. He wants to deliver you of all of the things in your life that cause pain to your emotional being, to your physical being. God wants to deliver you. See, that's why the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, the world right now, look, this whole vaccination thing, it's like, I don't know, maybe I'll take the vaccination someday, but today I haven't. And I don't want to take it today. And it's like, why are they pushing this? If three quarters of America has got vaccinated, then what are you worrying about it for? It's like, but no, it's like, oh, you're going to do it. We're going to make you do this. Is this not when you used to read about the mark of the beast for the Christians that one day, you know, when the rapture of the church happens and we're taken away and we go into the tribulation period and they say that no one would be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. I've heard many people say, oh, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. But now what we see now, Now it's almost like, hey, you can't work now if you don't get the vaccination. Or you can't do this. I'm not saying the vaccination is the mark of the beast. It's not. But it's leading up to it. It's preparing you. It's wearing you down so that you'll have to take it one day. Look, I don't walk in any fear of COVID. Hey, listen, what could happen to me if I get COVID? You could go in the hospital. You could die. Okay, whatever. I I die. I go home to heaven. It's like it, it doesn't matter to me. It's like you think, well, you're a fool. You're an idiot. Well, whatever. You think whatever you want. It's like, but that's a choice that I've made. Maybe I'll take the vaccination next week. Maybe I'll take it next month. Maybe I'll never take it. Right now, I don't want it. Okay, so it's like whatever. It's like God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You know, I watch people, you know, I just, like I said, I just flew back to Charlotte and back and everything. And you see some people, I mean, I get on the plane, I'm playing my card game, you know, my phone and everything takes off and everything. Some people are like hanging on white knuckles on the thing. Oh, we're taking off, you know, and it's like, or if we're landing, you know, I'm just sitting there, I'm finishing up, you know, reading or whatever. And, and it's like, you know, like when we landed here in LAX, uh, you know, on Thursday night, it's like, oh my goodness. It's like, you know, you know, some pilots, you know, you come in for the landing, it's like, you know. Oh, this guy's like 100 feet here. Ha-boom. I mean, it's like, and I'm like, well, I guess we're here. (laughs) It's like, you know, but, you know, people freak out about flying. It's like, well, look, it's a win-win situation. If a plane goes down, I'm going to heaven. Win situation. If I get to where I'm going, we'll win. That's why I was going there. You know, so it's just we should not be consumed with fear. God has delivered us from all fear. If you have some fear in your life about whatever that thing may be, God does not want you to have that fear. Yes, God's freedom can open the door for us to become whole inside and to enjoy the fullness of life that God desires you and me to live. See, it's not based on how much money you have. It's not based on how much notoriety you have. It's not based on how many trophies you have or how many you know, uh, uh, your blue ribbons or you know, diplomas you have. It's based on your rightness with him. 
That's where the inner joy comes from. Let me ask you, have you received God's joy? Have you received his forgiveness? Have you received his peace? Are you willing to repent of your sin? Are you willing to start fresh? Are you willing to get right with God? That's really what it comes down to. Because this woman, in our story here this morning, this woman was desperate for love. And that's what she was seeking for. Which brings up our point, knowing the truth. Let's read what happens next. Verse 40. And Jesus answered and said to him, he answered. Okay, Simon never said anything, but he answered him. He says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, well, say it, teacher. I could just see him sitting at his table with his long flowing robe and looking all good, drinking his expensive wine. Uh, Yes, as I have another bite of my filet mignon, okay. It's like, yeah, what do you have to say? He goes, a certain money lender had two people that owed him money, two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously, who's this? You know, the God that they owed money to. He graciously forgave them both. Which one of them, here's the question, which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, well, I suppose the one that he forgave the most. And he answered and he said, you have judged correctly. You're a smart man, Simon. Sometimes people are so smart that they're stupid. But he was smart. Notice Jesus uses a truth to bring out a truth. Back in verse 39, Simon had said to himself, again, he was just thinking it in his mind. If this was a prophet, oh, Jesus, that everyone's running to, if he was really a prophet, he would know what kind of a nasty woman this was sitting at his feet. And now we have Jesus answering Simon's secret thought that was hidden within his heart and his mind. Consider that just for a moment. God knows everything inside us. There is nothing hidden from all the all-seeing eyes of God. The Bible says in Psalm 44, 21, God knows the secrets of the heart. That word secret in the Hebrew means he knows the hidden things. See, this is where everyone's making a huge mistake that reject Christ. Because don't we all, aren't we all kind of posers to a certain degree? I mean, like I woke up yesterday, I took a shower on Friday night because I was playing basketball. And so I was all sweaty, like a sweaty pig. So I took a shower on Friday night and I don't know, I went to bed, my hair was wet. I woke up, I look like Doc out of, you know, uh, Back to the Future. I mean, my hair was like, you know, and I mean, I'm just like, and then I didn't shave the day before for whatever reason. I had like that scruffy thing. My goatee wasn't trimmed. I'm like, you're a mess, you know. So what do we do? We get up, you know, we shower, you know, we do the hair, you know, you know, we get dressed, all of these things. And so we present ourselves as a certain thing, right? So we, that's how we present ourselves. Maybe when you go to work, you're like, hey, how's it going, man? You're, you're everyone's buddy at work and all of that. And you, you present yourself a certain way. God doesn't judge that. What he judges is who you really are. See, someone can come and say, oh, how do you like my new shoes, you know? And you could be like, oh, they're just lovely. I love to buy a pair. But inside you're thinking, that's the worst looking shoe I've ever seen in my life. What a ridiculous looking shoe. See, that's what God judges. See, he judges what's on the inside. 
So we present ourselves and then now we start to think because this is how I present myself. That's why if you took a mic out on the sidewalk uh, at Santa Monica Pier and said, excuse me, I'd like to ask you a question and have the camera rolling, you know, we could take one of our big cameras, you know, and people are like, oh, I'm going to be on TV, you know. Are you a good person? And what are they going to say? Yes, I'm a good person. You can ask the people at work, I rescue dogs and all of this. Yeah, It's like, uh-huh, that's not what God judges. God judges what's on the inside. Yes, I have a rescue dog. He's so cute and everything on the inside. I want to kill that dog. He ate my couch. He ate my shoes. He ate my, you know, it's like, it's a, but I say, oh, yes, I rescue dogs, you know. It's like, you know, yes, I eat a kale salad. You know, dogs don't even eat kale. My wife has a kale salad. She drops kale on the floor. It's like, boom, it's just boom. The dog, he looks at it like, no, thanks. A dog won't eat kale, Okay. Me, of course, I'm pounding like a, a pound of bacon, you know. I, get, hey, I threw a piece of bacon. Oh, he's just, oh, he's all over that, man. But the little bubble over my dog's head is sausage, sausage, sausage. Okay, see, so, so God judges. He judges what you really are, not what you presented to other people. And that's very important to know. He judges the hidden things. Imagine everything that God knows about us. He knows the whole nine yards. Everything that's hidden, everything that we've ever done is open and bare before him. Look, I hope you live to be as old as Bob Hope. He was 100 years old, the entertainer. But understand, one day will be our last. And then comes the judgment. And that's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12, 14, for God will bring every act everything which is hidden, all those things you thought like Simon sitting there so pious and arrogant at his own table. He says, whether it's good or evil, all the hidden things. And now Jesus, he looks into the eyes of Simon. You could say that he looked right through Simon and he asked him an obvious question. Anybody would get the right answer on this. He said, hey, one guy was forgiven a debt of 500 denarii. Well, at the same time, he forgave another guy that owed 50 denarii. Now, a denarii was a a day's wage. So in our economy today, one guy's forgiven, let's say he made 25 bucks an hour. Okay, so eight-hour day, you know, 200 bucks times 500 days, right? It's 100 grand. He forgave this guy a $100,000 debt. The other guy, same thing, 25 bucks an hour, you know, it's 50, so it's, it's 10 grand. So who's going to love him more? The guy that he forgave 100 grand or the guy who forgave 10 grand? Well, the question was simple. It was straightforward. It wasn't rocket science to figure this out. So Simon was able to discern the truth of the math equation. And he's given the simple analogy. Okay, two people being forgiven of their debts, but he was clueless on how it related back to him. And this woman who's still weeping at Jesus' feet, who's probably been kicked around her entire life. I wonder how many of us have been kicked while we've been down at times, kicked in the curb, you know, kicked in the gut, you know, being told we couldn't do it, couldn't make it, couldn't happen. As you know, it doesn't feel good. Yes, it's easy to judge others when you're living off of a golden platter. But there's always a story behind every hardened life. Years of heartbreak, years of letdown. I wonder what happened in this woman's life when she was five years old. 
I wonder what happened to her when she was 10. I wonder what happened to her when she was 11 and 12 and starting to mature in her life that led her down this road of prostitution. You know, me and my wife had a ministry back in the East Coast when we were living outside of Washington, D.C. to prostitutes. I've mentioned it here and there. You know, it went on for about a year and a half. Every Friday night, we would go down and we'd minister. And, you know, we were able to, you know, lead about seven of those girls off the road and get them back home and out of that lifestyle. But we, uh, in the midst of uh, the ministry there, we developed a, a really good relationship with a lot of these prostitutes, you know, just, you know, talking and hearing their story and sharing the gospel with them and sharing with them. We had them at our house before. We uh, just, you know, just ministering to these girls. And one thing that I've learned now, I'm not saying that someone couldn't be a prostitute any other way, but every single one that I talked to and got to hear their story, they were sexually abused by a loved one or a family member, someone they trusted, every single one of them. What happened to this girl? Where was she at when she was little? What happened to her that led her down this road? Well, we don't know, but God did you know, he understood exactly where she was because everybody has a story and God knows your story. And if you have a hard story, if you've had to endure a path that others haven't had to endure, I am sorry that you've had to endure what you've endured. But I know this, I know that God wants to meet you where you're at and he wants to do a cleansing and he wants to re, you know, refurbish and, and cause your heart to be renewed inside and refreshed inside. I know that he wants to open your eyes to the truth of his great love for you and that you don't have to live in your past, that your past can be your past and you can look forward to his love in your life. Maybe it doesn't make any sense to you right now, but if you commit yourself to him, I know that he is able to pour life into your broken soul. It's what he does, which brings up our final point, finding forgiveness. Let's see what it says here as we pick up in Luke 7, verse 44. It says, in turning towards the woman... Now, Jesus is looking at her. He said to Simon. So I could just see him looking at Simon, looked right through him. And now he's like, looks down at the woman at his feet. And he's still talking to Simon. He said to Simon, do you see this woman? Uh, yeah, no duh. He I, obviously, he's like, get that stinky woman out of my house. He knows. He said, do you see this woman, Simon? See, Simon, and he's looking at the woman. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and she's wiped them with her own hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, Simon, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven for she loved much but he who was forgiven little loves little and he said to her your sins have been forgiven wow wow know this God desires all of us to live in eternity with him in heaven God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. But the problem is many, like Simon, will not come to repentance. 
They will not come to Christ. And that's what it seems like with this religious Pharisee. As Jesus looks at this woman, he's talking to Simon. He says, hey, Simon, I came into your house and you didn't wash my feet. See, in this culture, not to have a servant wash your feet was a huge insult. They didn't have sidewalks and paved streets and concrete driveways and pavers and all of this stuff. It was all dirt. It was everything. And so your feet would get nasty. You didn't have tables and chairs. You would recline on the floor and sit on pillows. And you're kind of reclining. Your feet are in someone else's face and they're behind you and all of this. And so it's just customary. This is what you do back there. This is a wealthy man. You would wash the feet of your invited guests. You would come in. You'd have a wash basin. you Put your feet in. They'd have a servant that would dry your feet so that when you recline at, on the ground on the pillows, your feet are clean. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't even spend the time to wash my feet. Yet this woman who you discuss, who makes you sick inside in your heart, she's washed my feet with her tears and she's dried them with her hair. And you understand, women. Your hair is considered your glory, and it still is today. A woman's beauty is surrounded by her hair, and Jesus wasn't finished. Hey, Simon, I'm not done with you. You gave me no kiss of greeting. Again, this was an insult. A kiss in this culture was part of welcoming someone into your home. And this woman has to stop kissing my feet. Last night, we were at some dear friend's house having, you know, dinner. My son's birthday was on Friday, and we were celebrating yesterday. And we're at our dear friend, uh, uh, Jerry and Anna. And we came in. The first thing they do is they greet us with a hug. And, you know, and it's like, this is still customary today. All over the world, people will kiss on the cheek. It's like all over the world. Simon, I'm God in the flesh. I came to your house. You gave me no kiss. But this woman, she's been kissing my feet for the last 20 minutes. What's wrong with you, Simon? Plus, Simon, you gave me no anointing for my head. Again, it was like standard in this culture. It was a blessing giving. Many times when me and my wife have people at our house, before they leave, we will pray for them. We want to ask God's blessing upon them. You gave me no blessing when I came to your house, Simon. You asked me to come, I came. You didn't wash my feet. You gave me no kiss of blessing. You gave me no anointing for my head. You've done nothing. Yes, we ask God's blessing on those that come to our house, but he would not bless Jesus, the God-man. Look at this woman who you despise. She's anointing my feet with perfume. What she once used to allure men, now she's pouring out to me because it's probably the only thing she had. So she's sacrificing it to me to give thanks to me. Hey, Simon, listen to this. Her sins, which were many, have now been forgiven. Because, see, they were looking for something to accuse Jesus. And he says, you want something to accuse me? How about this? I forgive her sin. Whoa, wait a minute. Only God can forgive sin. Exactly. Figure it out, Simon. Do the math. You're the smart guy. It's like only God can do that. Her sins of shame have been cleansed. Her memories of guilt have been gone. They are now washed away. Yet as for you, Simon, you sit here in your fancy clothes, drinking your expensive wine, eating your expensive dinner with your pride and your arrogance. Because you love little, little will be forgiven for you. Luke 5, 31 says, 
Jesus speaking. He says, it is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hey, you think you're righteous? Then you go figure it out yourself because I didn't come to call you. I came to call those who are willing to admit that they've sinned. Remember, if God cannot get the attention of religious leaders, he'll reach out to every harlot and drug dealer that's out there. I wonder today if there's not just one person you know who is completely lost, someone that you could share this great message of grace and mercy to, somebody who's lost, someone who's broken. I'm sure there is. Now, as we finish I wonder, you know, who you would resemble the most here in our story. Ah, Sting. This is where the word of God is not always what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word. That's Core Church LA to seven seven nine seven seven. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.